I am Dawn Coven, and I am a wife and a mother of four daughters. I homeschool, and I am a partner in Mommy Match, where we help moms with 10-plus years of professional experience identify contracting or freelance work so that they can um, have some flexibility and also find um, opportunities to make income on their own terms. Six months ago, uh, I decided to be part of the mastermind because I had been stalking Deanna on Instagram and just fell in love with her content and loved um, just her interaction that she had on Facebook and just so many of her promotional activities just resonated with me. I was in a place with my business where things were just um, stalled. Like I felt like uh, I have a business partner. We were just not making any real progress. And just based on um, some of the conversations I had with Deanna online and um, doing some of the 15 minute assessments with her, I really found that I knew she would be able to um, help us get unstuck. And I think um, one of the main reasons is that she just, as a person resonated with me, our values were similar in terms of wanting to keep family as a priority, but at the same time being able to use um, the time that we had to really build a business. Don't waste another minute. Um, I feel like uh, the longer you prolong um, being a part of uh, Deanna's mastermind is the longer it's going to take for you to get your goals. The quicker you go ahead and immerse yourself in the mastermind, the quicker you'll get to your goals. I, I feel like um, sometimes we think we know everything and, and sometimes it's just a matter of and we do probably know a lot, but there's something to be said about being accountable to, to um, a, a group of people that are aligned in terms of, you know, business and family. It, it is really a strong um, propelling force that will help you to move forward. So I would say don't delay. You are only going to delay your success by not participating. Mom, it's time for your business, family, and self-care to all finally balance. I'm Deanna Mason, creator of Refresh Moms, and I'm now accepting applications for round two of my Balanced Life Business Mastermind for Moms. Listen, if you're ready to scale your business at a pace that matches and aligns with your current momming season, have a tribe of moms to confide in and lean on while you grow your business this year, know how to manage your family, business, and self-care without feelings of overwhelm, create your dream schedule and calendar, and actually live it out. Start prioritizing business activities that result in growth and revenue generation so that you can make the money you desire within the time you have to make it. If any of that resonates, then this mastermind experience was created exactly for you. In our nine months working closely together, you'll receive a nine-month business and productivity mastermind program, mentorship teaching sessions from other successful business moms and entrepreneurs that want to see you succeed and shine, monthly office hours coaching sessions with me so you can ask targeted questions about your unique business, co-working opportunities with your fellow mompreneurs to knock out focus work, your very own self-care manager to meet with every single month, and mindset sessions to help you grow and create the thinking needed so you can step into your greatness and surrender to your unique process and journey. It is not impossible for you to balance it all. I'm telling you, you can make the money you desire within the time you have. 
and the Balanced Life Business Mastermind for Moms is committed to support you as you do it. You can complete an application by going to my website at refreshmoms.com. All applications are due by Friday, August 30th. I'm driving to Indianapolis tomorrow for a coffee meetup. It was quite random. I'm like um, two hours and 45 minutes away from a client. And I'm like, you, you got some boss friends? Let's, <laughs> I'm going to be up in your area. Let's go ahead and get together and do a coffee meetup. And she filled that meetup up in like two days. I'm like, yeah, this is supposed to happen. Let's it sounds like it. you just found your new marketing manager. You know what? Um, is it actually Kelly Reese? We actually recorded with her a few episodes ago with Mom Guilt. So circle back to that episode if you're listening to this. But um, she's in my circle. I got to work with her. We don't know how we're going to work together, but she's somebody that is like, yeah, just put a pin in her. Just put a pin in Kelly Reese. We've got some work to do in this world together. But anyway, so I wanted to see her anyway. I was going to drive to go hang out with her and also one of our um, Refresh Mom super for stars, Michelle Massey, who was very active in the Refresh Moms community. I'm circling back to her too. She don't know oh, it, but I am. Cool. But they all live in an Indianapolis area. And I'm like, come on, let's, I'm going to be up there. I will drive to hug your neck. I just want to meet you. And so then the second thought was, well, you got some entrepreneur moms that maybe want to hang out with me? And she was like, girl, yes. So I'm meeting with eight at a we're just doing coffee it's a lunch and learn i'm going to do some coaching it's going to be great i cannot wait but the whole deal was what am i doing with these kids all right so <laughs> i'm like i thought they were raising themselves what, what do they you mean are, but it's okay so do i bring them and let them hang out in the hotel room because i was going to spend the night I was just going to go and just have a little No, night. you're not taking them. You're going to have a hotel room by yourself. Yeah. Well, okay. What are you it's thinking? All... I don't know. They have aunties and grandparents and friends in Chicago. It would be but a disservice also... to your extended family to steal them for the day. That's I love a, this woman. I love her. But my, okay, so, you know, of course, it's the home of Indy 500. And my, I'm like, well, I can make this into a little vacation thing. And on Sunday, get up and take them to the track, you know, so I'm just trying to figure out if there's a way to incorporate them. And then I thought about it. I was like, well, golly, I can't check in till three. The um, lunch and learn is at 1.30. So I don't really have anywhere to put them. You know, if I get in, you know, they got, I can't like chuck them away in a hotel room early so they are not coming that's where i landed they're not coming i'm going to go by myself but it was all it was it all teetered around how will they eat how will they take care of them you know because i could leave them because the hotel is an extended stay okay so it has the kitchen and all that kind of stuff so i'm like i can like put a frozen pizza in there and some chicken nuggets and they'll be fine right but i can't check into the room until three so that kind of blew that out the water. But that's what I was going to do. I really was going to bring them because I wanted to like spend the next day having fun in Indianapolis with them. But yeah, Melissa, it's just me. But it wasn't because I didn't make the decision because I needed me time. I made the decision because I couldn't figure out how they can feed themselves. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, I, I, I mean, food's only one of like the main three, unlike Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I don't know what the problem is. 
Plus, it's not for that long. Like, throw them a bag of Doritos. It's for right. But where are they gonna go at this point? Though it's like I don't have no. That's not (laughs) fair. Wait, another table at the coffee shop or something, right? I'll be distracted. Oh no, you need horse blinders, woman. No, I, I need. I want to be able to focus and serve these eight ladies. And if my kids are there, that's not gonna happen. I mean, my kids aren't like going to be pulling at me, but I'll be consisting. Like, let me go check on them. Let me make sure. Oh, that's you're what- such a better mom than I am. <laughs> me too. That's, that's, <laughs> I would be concerned about what's, you know, making sure they're okay. And I don't, it, which I don't, I don't want that distraction. I want to be able to plug in with these ladies and serve them for, you know, 90 minutes. See, I would be way less distracted if they were where I could see them than if I was worrying about whether or not they were burning down an extended stay hotel room. Well, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) With a frozen pizza and some chicken nuggets. Pizza and a chicken nugget. I'm still shopping for Lunchables here. Like, I'm just like. You're like, why are they even cooking? Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what? Because I try to be a health nut, but none of my people really like it. Lunchables are like a prize in our house. Like my parents pay my kids in Lunchables to do stuff for them. <laughs> Melissa, I'll let me tell a, you. I'll buy you a, a toxic Lunchable. Yeah. <laughs> I used to reserve them for the month of May, which y'all were recording this at the end of May, which I, I decided is hazing month for moms. So I used to, it's insane. I used to save the Lunchables for May. Like, I'm not going to buy any till May. This year I started in September. Like, we have. We're embracing it. It was part of the plan. If you started. Yeah, it was part of the plan. It's not every day, but it's like if they're on sale, we're going to buy a hundred of them. <laughs> oh, no, my kids don't even know what a Lunchable is. They don't eat, you know, but it's not like I don't give them crap. I do. They, they, I, I feed them crap at my convenience. It's all about convenience. Yep. It's like, no, I'm it's bad. all about survival. And survival. Yeah. So crap, my kids know, like my daughter, they don't, we don't do soda. This is, you know, this, this rabbit trail is getting out of hand here. But we don't do soda. And so like, they sneak soda. So like when my <laughs> son goes to youth group, you know, one of the things they can buy, you know, how you give a little donation and get a you know, he has a Sprite every Wednesday because he's like, mom ain't here. And they, it's not like they have any other healthy choices. I'm going to have a Sprite, you know? And so they sneak soda. But like traveling, when we got here at my mom's house, I don't know where we were. I'm a, I, it must have been here, eating here. But our food choices were slim. And so my mom offered my daughter a Coke and my daughter looked at me. I said, I don't even care. I said, I don't even care. I said, drink the Coke because I got nothing. It's either Coke or water. And right now I don't give a flip. So let your grandmother give you a Coke. She, that, it was like gold, liquid gold. Yeah. Drinking a Coke. But that's, yeah, they, it's at my convenience. It's when I'm in survival mode, frozen pizzas and chicken nuggets are like staples. I always have them available. But when I'm in a normal rhythm, I'm consistently, you know, making sure they're eating well. But I don't really care that much. But that's why we have to have holdouts. So when we are in survival mode and the kids might not even know, we come off like rock stars. Yeah, Yeah, have a Coke. Have Gatorade is our thing. I can't stand it. And 
I've had some in my house for like the last week and Katie thinks I'm amazing because I'm letting her have Gatorade. I'm like, I just don't have any fight in me right now. Yeah. yeah. Come two weeks into June, there's no more Gatorade for you. <laughs> yeah. That, that, those are the barometers. Those are the barometers. Where no more balance. Yes. You need some more balance, friends. Yes. Just where am I? I might create this graphic. Where am I in survival mode? You know, and so like, like depletion is like pizza, fast food, all that stuff. And then like center, it's more like maybe, you know, some non-antibiotic chicken nuggets or something like that. And then at, you know, at full, we're talking about, you know, the fresh greens and the, you know, salad like, for dinner every night. It's just all the healthy stuff. I need to create that graphic. Where are you? All of these are acceptable. Are you lessons. somewhere between organic or Lunchables? Or Kraft macaroni and cheese. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry, Kraft. I know you're trying to, I, I, know, I, know, I know they're trying to fix their game. I know they're trying to. Sponsor us, Kraft. <laughs> I, know. I know. Speak it into the world, Kelly. <laughs> Rod, we're done. Please drop the intro. Hey everyone, welcome to the Refreshed Life Podcast. I'm Deanna Mason, creator of Refreshed Moms, where I help mompreneurs find the time they need in order to make the money they desire. And I'm Kelly Capriotti Burton, a writer and encourager finding the humor, grace, and happily ever afters in complicated relationships. We've come together and created this space to empower moms and women to be healthy, strong, emotionally well, and successful in their businesses and their families. Oh, that sounds good to me. Grab your favorite coffee mug. We definitely have ours and hang with us. We can promise you diverse perspectives, positive outlooks, and likely a few fun rabbit holes along the way. Here we go, guys. Welcome back. We are here with season two. Season two. Season two of the Refreshed Life podcast. We are doing, you know, Netflix size seasons, not NBC in the 90s size seasons, you know. So it's so cool, <laughs> though. It's like our 14th episode. We're very excited. Is it four? Yeah, it is 14. Yeah. Gosh, it feels like we've done like 400. I was just thinking <laughs> that. 14. <laughs> this is a lot of work, people. <laughs> I need you to just pause. Can we just pause to appreciate what Kelly and I put out here every week? (laughs) 14? Well, plus the lost episodes, which I feel like if we keep referring to those, people are going to want to know. They're going to be like, what are those? We have five lost episodes. Well, really six if you want to count the, um, but we, we redeemed ourselves. Yeah, don't don't count that one. Don't count that one. But um, we do have five lost episodes out there in the world that nobody can get to but Kelly and I um, that we will one day circle back to because the content is amazing. But there's a certain person that we want to reach out to to see if we can get on some live recordings around this content. So, and if we do, it's going to be quite a party. It's going to be quite a party if we Mm. get there. But anyway, 14 episodes. I'm okay. I processed. I'm good. So we're coming back with a bang. We have a guest today that we are so, so excited about. I first encountered her on one of Deanna's Facebook Lives, and I was sitting at my job away from home at my desk, cackling, (laughs) 
cackling, <laughs> texting Deanna, like, who is this chick? Where did you find her? She, um, her, you're like, you're like, um, okay, she's one of our people. She's one yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk about this later, but she's a young grandma like me. So, um, you know, we're already just connected in our souls. And I'm really happy to introduce you all today to Melissa Corkum. Yay! She, yay! She's a <laughs> parenting and wellness coach. And she is working with frustrated parents and helping them to have more fun with their kids. She's the founder of the Corkboard Online and co-founder of the Adoption Connection, which is a resource for adoptive and foster families. And we are just thrilled to share her insights with you today. Let's welcome Melissa. Welcome, Melissa. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me, ladies. We're excited. I, I love Melissa. I don't even remember. First of all, she's kind of like a go-getter. No, not kind of. She is. So on both occasions, so with the Facebook Live, Melissa was like, hey, I want to do a live with you or something. I didn't even know her. I'm and pretty sure you asked us. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. I can't that, be a go getter, but I try to look for the open doors. <laughs> yes. She jumped through it. That's what it, she was like. I'll do one. I was like, great. And I didn't know this woman from Jump. And I'm like, let me go check her out. And I was like, okay, she's got some great stuff going on. This should be good. And then when we did it, I was like, okay, I kind of love her. I really like her. She's like, it was. It wasn't necessarily even what you were sharing. It was your delivery. It was your sarcasm. It was your humor. <laughs> it was like, okay, she's one of my peeps. I could like hang out with her and laugh the entire night. So I'm so happy to have you. So yeah, happy thanks. to have you on here. I'm glad to have a fan club. I mean, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> my husband tells me I have a knack for making people sound like I'm nominating them for queen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm okay having that gift. We all need those people in our lives who just. Uh, we all need you in our lives. Yeah, Kelly is, I tell her this all the time, how she has a natural um, ability to pull people in. And I absolutely love it. So it's a gift, Kelly. Just own it. Do you know your top five strengths, Kelly, in the strengths finders? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So I've never your taken homework the finders is either. to take it. And I'm going to put money on the fact that one of your top five is woo, like that you woo people towards you. Really? Ooh. I got to take it. I've never taken it and it comes up often. You should. And here's the thing. Here's a little tip. It's like $19 or 20, $19.95 to take the test at the site. Mm -hmm. But if you buy the Strength Finders 2.0 book on Amazon for $18.95, it comes with a free code. So got then it. you get the information and the test for less money. Okay. The so more can, you know, people. Yeah. I'm, we'll be in the show notes. <laughs> yep. I'm about to say we got we can link back to that as well. But I, I'm going to actually do this. I didn't I didn't realize that I could buy the book and it, it comes with that. Don't buy the strength finders book. That's no problem. Because I'm like an Amazon Prime junkie. Yeah, I've only done like the spiritual gifts test. <laughs> yeah, I've done one of those too, but I the strength finders one, it's like circulating in our circles. I need to do it so I can be like, is that the one where you were like, I'm an ENFP? Is that that? Is that what no, that one that's is? That's the uh, Myers-Briggs. Okay. So that's a whole nother one. 
That's a whole nother one. I want to be able then, to speak the language. And then there's the Enneagram. So as a business oh, coach, yeah. I feel like you should at least know strength finders and Enneagram, maybe a little bit about the Myers-Briggs. Everyone knows Myers-Briggs, but I feel like it's very boxy. So I don't like it as much. The Enneagram, I think, is the one I hear. But the Myers-Briggs yeah. is the one with the letters? Yeah. Okay. I'll check them all out. I feel like I just have to be able to talk about all of them, depending on who I'm talking to. Because peop people always ask me, what am I? I'm like, I'm a woman. I don't know, but I need to be able to <laughs> tell them where my strengths are. I think I know what they are, but it'd be great to see what these tests say and then take them all and compare and see if they're coming back with similar results. So there you go. Yep. Kelly, I'm giving it to you. Thank you. Well, well, I feel like we already know Melissa a little bit already, but why don't you go ahead and tell us about who you are and the work that you do? Yeah. So first, let me ask either of you, are either of you parenting kids who have ADHD diagnosed or just supposed? No, I do not have a, I do not. Now I will say this, nothing has been diagnosed, but I do have a, a couple of questions about my son. So I've never talked to anybody and never have gone down the path of anything, but he seems to um, not hold information as far as like remembering that he has a test to prepare for and, or information that is given to him the way he processes it. It, it feels like it doesn't all the way get processed sometimes. Yeah. So and before you like spill his whole story to the whole world, you and I should sit down and chat about that. Okay. I would love to. But anyway, as far as your question, it's a no for me. Okay. Kelly? I do not. Okay. So, so what I usually find with parents raising kids who have come to them through adoption, foster care, or have an ADHD diagnosis is that they often feel isolated. They're really frustrated. They think they've tried everything and they have no idea what to do next. Mm -hmm. There's no amount of yelling, punishment, consequences, like all the things that you kind of generally hear about how to parent kids don't work. Mm -hmm. And so they really just, they wanted to be moms for a reason, right? And they just want to be moms, but they kind of feel lost. So I kind of consider myself like the owner's manual that your kids didn't come with, right? <laughs> Everyone's like, I wish my kids just had a, had a manual, right? So that's me. I'm like in your back pocket, giving you advice that works so that you can laugh more and yell less. And it actually is great for all parents, but I find that a lot of parents are kind of getting by and they feel okay with what's going on the parents that come to me are the ones who are kind of like at the end of the rope and they're like, mm. what the heck happened? I'm writing down laugh more and yell less. Mm -hmm. That was really powerful. I really love that. Golly. So, okay. So go ahead. Uh, just to kind of finish that question. What, uh, cause I don't think we cover this later. What in your family life has brought you to wanting to serve this way? Yeah, that's a great question. So we had two children by birth first. And when they were like five and three, we thought like, we've got this. We did a pretty good job. And adoption has been a part of my story. I'm an adult adoptee. And my husband actually has always wanted to adopt even before he met me. So we knew that that would probably be part of our family story. And so we thought, well, let's just adopt a kid. We've, you know, let's look for one who maybe is 
having trouble finding a family. We were been blessed with two healthy kids, you know, let's kind of jump in. We're kind of looking at like minor special needs. And what we found was that kids who have experiences that aren't the kind of typical, I was conceived, I grew up in a, or I was even grown in a loving, healthy womb, right? And I've never had to change primary caregivers was that their brains develop completely differently. And so we brought this two and a half year old home who like totally rocked our worlds. And we thought we had done a pretty good job with the other two kids and every single thing that had worked with two kids didn't work with him. And so it sent us on this journey to figure out like, what in the world do you do? Because we were on this downward spiral where I didn't really love being a mom anymore because I couldn't figure out how to control these behaviors. And this little guy was, you know, two and a half and three. And I just thought, if I can't do this now, good gracious, (laughs) Mm, this does not bode well for the future. So this sent us on a journey to just find out what was going to work. And it's been a very long journey. We added three other kids through adoption eventually in our home. And so we've learned a lot about what works and what doesn't. And the beauty is, is what works for our kids who are, need a little bit more support mm-hmm. also works really well with our kids by birth. And so we've kind of shifted our entire parenting paradigm to what we'll talk about a little bit later. Can you break down really quickly? I was going to ask this a little later, but since we're on this um, vibe, can you break down your family dynamics really quickly? So our, um, mom listeners can kind of understand where you're, you know, the, where you're operating from. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, we have two kids by birth, then we adopted a toddler. And then in 2012, we adopted three basically teenagers from Ethiopia. Mm. I don't necessarily recommend it, but it was what happened in our family. And we live in a house also with extended family. So our, my parents, we bought a house with my parents, I don't know, uh, like 12 years ago. And so we have all these people in our house. And the other dynamic is that when we adopted our older kids, we parented them like we thought we would parent teenagers. And we had done a lot of like youth ministry and things like that. And it was a lot of, even with this background of what I call connected parenting, we, I saw a lot of control issues. So I was still trying to control a lot of their decisions. And so basically our oldest two kids when they were about 16 and 17 were like, peace out. Like family wasn't what we thought it was going to be. This is too hard. Y'all are crazy. You know, you're too overbearing. And they pretty much walked away from our family. And so it took a lot of prayer and hard work on all sides, but we were able to kind of say, is this really what we wanted for the end goal of our parenting journey? And so how can we kind of change that? And how can we change the path for our other three kids that are coming behind them? Hmm so that we don't have the same outcome. And so that's some of the dynamic, that's some of where it it changed how we defined success in our parenting. Um, And then also recently we had our oldest daughter move back in and she has a three month old. So now we're young grandparents and we have another generation living with us. So there's just always a lot of people in our house. Okay. So here's a question I try to ask all of my mompreneur guest, how do you make space in your life to do your work with corkboard with the corkboard online? Now, I'm sure it doesn't look the same every day or every week, but tell me how you had to approach your work as you manage your family. So I'm super blessed to be in a season right now where my husband and I are both working from home. Oh, yes. So we're 
faith leapers. It's like how, why we adopted three kids, you know, from Ethiopia who are all teenagers all at the same time, unrelated. So a year ago, he quit his job in corporate America with some intentions to go back, but then we realized that we really like this like time freedom lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So we're in a space right now where we're sharing all of the family things, all the household things and work time in a much more even environment than we Mm -hmm. ever have. But for 16 years before that, he was working full-time in corporate America and I was the quote unquote stay-at-home mom. And we we are also a homeschooling family. We've homeschooled different amounts and varieties of kids, right? Mm -hmm. Through the years. So what that looked like was I had to get really, really good at setting really clear boundaries for my kids Mm -hmm. and realizing that the work that I had to do and that I was called to do was important. And I know you, we referenced the episode about mom guilt earlier, right? Mm -hmm. So, and that there wasn't guilt to be had in that and that I wanted my kids to be able to see me as a, as an individual who wasn't just a mom. And I wanted to have a passion that didn't revolve around them because Mm -hmm. some of them are really, really challenging. And so it's easy to be sucked down that path um, and not make time to do the things Mm -hmm. that kind of bring me joy and fill my bucket up. I think one of the main ingredients for doing this type of work from home with kids whether you're homeschooling or, you know, have young children in the home. I, I think the number one ingredient to making this work is boundaries. And then right close to it, right under it, if not even with it, is communicating those boundaries. <laughs> I just really feel like, because, you know, just making sure the whole family understands what those are and how you're going to execute them and how you need them to respect them is is equally as important as you setting them right because you need them to buy in you need them to understand this is this is part of who melissa is this is part of what makes me who i am and me not being able to pour into this part of me makes me less than what i need to be for you so this is all a part of me being a good mother is making room for this part of me and um, and doing it without feeling guilty. And, and part of the reason we're feeling guilty is because when you have those kids in the house, it's kind of hard to separate what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> I'm supposed to be investing in my kids right now because I'm at home with my kids. That's just, ha- that's just a dynamic of working from home that we just can't get around. Yeah, if I'm going to work from home, that means my family's going to be around me sometimes when I do it. And that doesn't mean the boundaries are any less valid just because you're not stepping out and working from an office (laughs) that doesn't, and and there's mom guilt tied to that too. We can, we can, we can dig out mom guilt, no matter the scenario, whether you homeschool, the kids go to school, whether you work from home, whether you leave the home, we can figure out how to feel guilty about it all. Right. But the extra extra element for us is we're staring at those snotty noses in, you know, right. You know, we're staring at them in the face when we're actually sitting, you know, doing, meaningful work and we get torn but yeah boundaries golly and I can only imagine what your boundary setting looks like for all the people that are (laughs) that are in your house Melissa while you're trying to do this work but golly the extra element of having your husband at home in this season that has to be a huge a huge blessing I can I dream of that having my husband home and because he used to work remotely a little bit during the week now that's completely gone and I didn't know even how I was going to go to the dentist. 
I was like, how are you not going to be here? How are you? I can't go get a mammogram if you're not here. I just could not even understand how my life was going to function with him taking away that remote work. So God, what a blessing to have him and that you guys are sharing that, that responsibility with managing the kids during the day. It is, but it's just one, one more boundary to set, right? One more person Girl, in the house out. to manage. Yep. Um, but it's so great because when we get really good at lovingly setting boundaries, mm-hmm. then our kids learn that too. And so when we have, we've had up to 13 people living in our house at one time, and we do not have a big house, friends. It's like a three-bedroom rancher with a one-bedroom in-law apartment. So everyone needs to know how to set healthy boundaries. And especially if you live with 12 other people. And so this is a life skill, right? So this isn't just me being a mean mom. It's not just me being selfish with my time. It's me teaching everyone in the family an imperative life skill. And how we have to now respect them for even when our kids set them, right? That's a, that's huge because our children are going to set boundaries for themselves and it's up to us to actually respecting the boundaries they set. This happened with me and Kendall just yesterday. So I'm I'm in Chicago right now and staying with my parents for a couple of weeks visiting. Her and her brother are sharing a room and I'm in a guest room by myself. So they are in each other's face like all the time. I was downstairs cooking or doing something and she came downstairs with little headphones and she looked at me and she was like, are you going to be in your room anytime soon? I was like, nah, I got some things I'm going to do down here. I'm going to finish dinner. She's like, do you mind if I go and hang out in your room? I just need a, I just need a break. <laughs> I was like, I understand. Kendall, go enjoy the quiet room. She's like, I just mm-hmm. need a break from my brother, you know, and just, and I didn't necessarily have to be, out of my room but I chose to like I'm gonna give her an hour to just be and I'm not gonna bother her I'm gonna figure out something to do you know I go sit on the patio and read I just wanted her to have that and she was communicating a boundary that she needed and I wanted to identify that that was valid you have all the rights in the world to feel like I just need a break from the xbox and hearing the sounds and hearing him talk to his friends while he's playing I just want quiet it's okay for her to express that at her, in her 11 year old way and give it to her. And so that's just, even when we know how to set boundaries for ourselves, we know how to respect them for our kids and what a gift it is to give it to them while they're young. So they don't grow into the unhealthy emotional messes that many of us were mm. <laughs> once <Are>. we, in <laughs> our, once we entered into adulthood. We have such a similar living situation, Melissa, we have, I was counting. So we have seven people here (laughs) and we have um, a three bedroom space and then an in-law apartment downstairs. And um, same thing, same thing. Um, My girls will say, I need some, I need some time and I I will let them use our bedroom. But (laughs) when I need it, now they're old enough to understand, look, I make accommodations for you so you can steal away, so you can have privacy, Mm -hmm. so you can have quiet. I need you to do the same for me. Do you think that I am immune from needing a moment (laughs) to refocus and catch my breath? And that's that's a great thing about allowing them to set boundaries too, is we're also teaching them to respect ours Mm -hmm. and that everyone needs to have them. Yeah. Yeah. That's very good. (laughs) (laughs) So Melissa, you said that you, you know, you focus on supporting parents that have children with some difficult behaviors. It incorporates into the whole, you know, the whole parenting paradigm, but 
you mentioned connected parenting techniques and I'm vaguely familiar with what that is, but for us and our listeners, can you tell us exactly what connected parenting is? So connected parenting basically starts with the understanding that all behavior is directly related to the structure and function of our brain, right? Our brain literally controls everything that our body's doing, whether it's our physical things like our heartbeat and our breath, but it also is behind every decision, every behavior. And our brain is a physical part of our body. And so it kind of helps parents understand that behavior is communication. So we want to take that behavior and instead of seeing it as willful and disobedient, which sometimes it is, but there's a reason why a brain would even need to act that way. Right. And so instead of kind of using traditional behavior management or behavior modification techniques, like, well, if you do this bad thing, then I'm going to punish you with a bad thing. And hopefully you'll figure out that you won't want this bad thing to happen and you'll stop the bad behavior. Right. So that doesn't, it's very extrinsic. It's not super intrinsic. So what we want to do is kind of figure out a way to address these behaviors in a way that understands the way that the brain works so that the outcome is more successful, both right in the moment and then long-term. And it also, like I mentioned before, it helps parents prioritize this relationship they have with their kids because we don't stop being parents at 18, right? Mm -hmm. So like Kelly, you have, you're a young grandma, you have kids who are probably older than 18 and you're probably still super involved in their lives, right? And we are still involved. Like Deanna, you're at your mom's house right now, right? We don't, our relationship with our parents should be lifelong. And a lot of times we're parenting in a way that doesn't support that, right? We hear so often about how, you know, I'm, I can't wait for my kids to get out of the teen years, right? Mm-hmm. Because teen years tend to have this connotation that it's like always butting heads. And I think we kind of accept that, like it's a thing, but it doesn't have to be, right? There's a way that we can parent that still guides and leads our kids to be responsible adults, but that doesn't put us on opposite sides of the line. And so connected Mm -hmm. parenting is also a lot about making sure that our kids know that we're on their team, right? Mm. That we're the parents that are their safety net that will catch them if they fall. Uh, We want our kids to be able to go out in the world. And sometimes they're going to learn lessons the hard way and they're going to fall flat on their face and they're going to fail. Even if we did all the parenting things right, right? This is just like a part of growing up, but we want them to have a safe space to come back to. And if we've parented in a way that's very disconnected, where we've shamed them and punished them over and over again, then we may not feel like the safe place to come back to. Mm-hmm. Can you give us an example on how you incorporate connected parenting with your children? Like, can you share one example that comes to mind? that um, has served you well with connecting with your children? Yeah, I think one of the things is recognizing that things are, I can't do it, not I won't do it, right? Okay. So one of our sons has some significant developmental needs, right? And so one of our things that happens every night, which is a terrible time for me, because I'm a morning gal, and so I'm done at about 3 p.m. So by the time, like, 8.30 rolls around <laughs> and it's bedtime, like, I've been beyond done for hours, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I have a child who is the chronological age where you should be able to say, get ready for bed, 
or go to bed. And a certain set of things should happen, like making sure you use the restroom, brushing your teeth, you know, whatever needs to happen, right? And this child needs reminders for our five steps for getting ready for bed every blessed night. Okay. Right. And for a long time, we fought against this, right? And it was like, we would kind of quiz him. Did you do these five things? And then my inclination as a kind of what I call a high structure parent, right? Kind of the militant mindset was like, well, if you haven't done these, then like you, you lose a privilege the next day. And you'll figure out that like, you know, if you've lost that privilege enough that you should figure out how to do these simple things for getting ready for bed. Um, And it kind of felt like he just wouldn't do them, you know, like he had this something that control battle he was playing with us. But if I'm really honest with myself, there's no reason to fight back against those things, right? He literally doesn't have the skill set to remember all the things. It's like an executive functioning Mm -hmm. thing. There's a lot of steps for his brain. This is like a big task with a lot of steps and he needs to be reminded every night to do those things or, and, or he also needs a visual schedule for what those things are, a visual checklist to help him remember how to stay on task. And when we started accepting that that's the level of support that he needed and I could kind of just cheerfully, you know, I made him a little laminated thing. And um, if I'm on my game, right. And I'm remembering all these things about his brain, then instead of saying, get ready for bed, I'll say, it's time to get ready for bed. What's the first thing you need to do? You know, Mm -hmm. and then come check back with me. What's the second thing you need to do? Or go check your checklist. Or I help him review at the end of the night, but I don't punish him if he hasn't done it. I just Mm -hmm. remind him to do it and he goes on his merry way, right? And so that's created a space where he feels supported about doing some of the life skills that he needs and not feeling frustrated because Mm -hmm. he keeps getting punished for something he literally can't do. And so he would like to be able to have all of his privileges the next day, but He just can't remember to stay on task or he gets distracted and his brain's built differently. So those are some of the things where you try to accommodate um, and build these, what I call high structure and high nurture situations instead of punishing to try to change your behavior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We definitely need to have a chat because I feel like my son has, there's little pockets of his life where he needs checklists. And I think, he's very empowered when he can see the, the process of how to get from A to Z, as opposed to having to fill in the blanks himself, if that makes sense. When he sees, okay, I have to write out my spelling words, then I have to da, 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 da. You know, like when in a lot of this, I see this, um, I see a lot of this coming out with um, his schoolwork. He's not a lazy student at all, but sometimes I feel like he has trouble with understanding how to get from knowing that I have a test to executing the test, you know, something, you know, something yeah. like that. And, and there's just, a lot of steps there. There's a lot of steps. And it's, I feel like because he's, you know, he's going into ninth grade, I, I feel like I compare where I was in, you know, in eighth grade and how, how I didn't need involvement from my parents to manage that. And I'm feeling like, well, he should have that same skill set and he's growing in it, but it's like, he needs empowerment to figure out some of these things. So I, I'm really resonating what you're saying, even though you're talking about, you know, preparing for bed, I feel like there's pockets in his life where if he had empowerment in that way, that he'd be like, oh, I see. Oh, I see. You know, I see how to get there. So anyway, that was great for me. (laughs) 
Well, I want to rabbit trail for a minute, and we might need to edit this out, so because I have to ask her permission. But Melissa was talking about parenting never ends, mm-hmm. and today I might get emotional. Today, my girl Paige, she's 25. She is moving into an apartment today. She was sending me messages while we're talking. And when we bought the house that we are currently in, it was the first house my husband and I bought together. And we made this decision to buy a particular home to support the grandparents moving in, but we had a year before they were going to move in. So Paige lived in that apartment she had a roommate. We said, you've got a year. You've got a year to figure this out, or you're going to be sharing a bedroom with your two-year-old brother, and that's not a good scenario, you know. And, you know, she didn't figure it out in a year. So um, she moved in with another family member, and it hasn't been the, the great situation that we hoped it would be for them. And, you know, my mindset at the beginning was, she's old enough. She's smart. She has a good job. Like we were living on our own at this age, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, that, that comparison thing. And I had to, it's been about six months. I just sit her down and apologize to her. And I'm like, I am sorry that I put expectations from 1999 on you right now. It's a different world. It's a different, we're living in a different region where wages are different than what they were in Chicagoland. She doesn't have the roots here that I had up there to draw from, hey, who knows someone who has a, you know, hookup with a place or even having like friends she's had her whole life to to find a roommate. There were all these circumstances. And I I love that we can, like Melissa said, like you're saying, Deanna, humble ourselves (laughs) in front of our kids. I just think that's it's so empowering and it's so the opposite of what we have been handed (laughs) from the baby boomer generation. And I love our baby boomers, but they think we're too soft Mm -hmm. on our kids and this is what we've created. But the fact is if a person can't remember everything they need to do to go to bed, why would a punishment make that any easier Mm -hmm. for that? You know, our job isn't to just, punish them into submission. (laughs) Our job is to teach them how to be responsible and good humans. And we do that by setting an example. So again, this might be too big of a rabbit trail, but I just feel so inspired by this conversation that we can learn. We we are still learning as parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Well, even Diana, you're Diana, you were mentioning with your daughter, just respecting her voice, right? So this isn't about it feels softer than maybe some of us were parented or some of our parents were parented, but it's again, what I said, high structure, high nurture, it still has a lot of that structure, but we often think we have to be one or the other. Like we have to be the militant, like you can't do this or you need to be out by a certain time. Or we think like the kids will just walk all over us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. But there's this actually this magical space that's both. And that's where the magic happens. And that's where our kids feel the most respected and we feel the most respected. And so, Deanna, when, you're, when Kendall says, hey, mom, I would really love some alone time. Can I have some space in your bedroom? That's really a respectful way to ask, right? She didn't mm-hmm. like throw a fit and you didn't have to figure yeah. out like maybe she's like feeling overtaxed. And she used her voice for that and you were able to say yes. And a lot of times I find that kids start with, that ask 
They start with the respectful ask, but a lot of times as parents, we're so conditioned to say no because we're tired, right? <laughs> yeah. That we say no, and then they're forced. Our kids are forced to use some kind of behavior to get our attention because yeah. Yeah. we're using their words, and we were like, just push through it. You don't really need to do that, right? Yeah. And so it's, it's really an interesting dynamic that plays out. It is. Mm. That is so true. They... If we don't see the buildup and it's hard for us to see they're responding this way because of A, B, and C. And we, you know, that's very true. I feel like they start from a place of fairness. <laughs> they start from a place of respect many times. And after months of not being heard, I can see how that can escalate into different behaviors and different attempts to get our attention and to get their voice heard. So that's really good. That's yeah. awesome. So we might need a part two to this episode. I'm just saying. Circle back. Yeah. Circle back in two months and see if we've put some new practices into play. Cause I'm oh. formulating things right now as we speak. Exactly. So I'm going to switch gears for a minute. Um, I'm, I'm kind of jealous. Melissa recently attended a conference in Atlanta and you guys got to meet up for a meal yes, and an evening. So <laughs> fun. But Melissa, travel, okay, you obviously needed a support system to be able to happen and unplug from your family. Deanna just did it a couple weeks ago in California. What does your support system look like that allows you to occasionally just steal away like that? It definitely starts with knowing that you have those needs and being very intentional about putting that tribe around you. Mm. For me, it looks like local real life friends were super blessed to have my family close by. And so we've leaned on them, but in both directions, uh, Kelly, my sister moved back in with us, my parents and me when she was about 30 and she was pregnant. And so she lived with us and raised her son here for about five years. And, you know, from a cultural perspective, that doesn't always feel like it was the right thing to do. Right. Like at that age, you should be out doing the thing. Right. But it allowed us to support her so that she could raise her son in a really healthy environment. Right. We could have had a hard no, or you could only be here for X number of months, but there are consequences to that. You know, that ones that we weren't sure that we liked, but then that also gave me extra support. Right. So mm-hmm. while there was a part of me that got twitchy thinking about the fact that she didn't work pretty much the entire time she was here, but what that did was make her super available to help with my six crazies. So um, that's been really important family, virtual friends. I know Facebook's kind of like a love hate situation, but Facebook groups, especially in the adoption world have been so life-giving to me. I also run a group for families that have kids from adoption, foster care, and who are battling and raising kids with ADHD. It's called essentially connected. And, you know, that's been huge and being proactive about reaching out, not thinking that it's my right to have someone reach out to me and knowing that Mm -hmm. we're all just in different places. And if I have a friend who hasn't reached out to me in a while, it probably has nothing to do with me and a lot more to do with her situation. And so, you know, not telling myself stories that will break down friendships, but just, you know, so good reaching out and, and, being the person who can say like, Hey, I need to get together or, you know, I, I want to see your face. <laughs> mm. 
you, that that's like a whole thing we can unpack. And we've talked about doing an episode on community, but friendships and your what you just described about perception that someone's not talking to me. Someone's she hasn't. Now this is the way my brain thinks. Why all of a sudden is she not liking anything I post on Facebook? Like I, I get it if she doesn't care about my podcast, but why doesn't she care about this cute picture of my kids? What is up? And most of the time there's, there's nothing up between her and me. She needs me to reach out because she is drowning in her own thing. And we, we get way too much in our heads sometimes because social media is designed to mess with us if we're not careful. It is. It is. This happened in Kelly. You don't even know this happened with you and me, but <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> we, were ha- <laughs> we were having a little tiff over a social media post. I won't get into the details of it, but you mentioned in the middle of our tiff, you know, well, Deanna, you've never um, commented on this before. I've posted this type of picture a number of times and you've never said anything. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And I did, I, you know, at the point it was neither here nor there. I didn't have to respond back to it, but I was like, this is the first time I've ever seen this. I've ever seen no, that picture, you know, but it, you know, but social media puts us in this realm of, we think we're communicating. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you just, you just, it's not like that. Social media is, is a, a foe relationship many t- mm-hmm. you know many times and it's like you think you're communicating and have a relationship and it's like no I I've never even read that post I've never even seen that picture I've never you know but well, and how often do we assume that we assume yes. like even that our yes. family members this happens with my adult kids like well didn't you see this on Facebook like exactly and how egotistical <laughs> is it to assume <laughs> they're just consuming everything we everything post. we put out there exactly oh, Jesus help crazy. us help it's us crazy that is so funny though but it's so true <laughs> yeah and let me just clear the air with you all I have these like I have this magical thing on my Chrome called the Facebook feed eradicator and so I literally don't see my Facebook feed anymore so I push a lot of content and I have ways that I keep up with that, but I don't see my feed hardly ever. Yeah. I don't go, I very, I don't spend a lot of time in my feed. I post things and I just let it go. And I engage around any engagement that happens to be around that particular thing I've put out there. But as far as like scrolling a Facebook feed, only the people that I stay connected with, they, they're always at the top. Like I see Kelly's post. I see, you know, my husband doesn't even post. He, I'm the same with him. He only sees my post. He's like, when I go on Facebook, Deanna's the first, <laughs> anything she put out there, that's what I see. But um, I don't do that either just because I don't, that's just not where, I, I love Instagram. I'll, I can, I'll spend a whole bunch of time engaging there because I just, I love the way that space makes me feel. Me and Facebook don't jam like that. But I will say this. As far as community online, that's what I crave for the Refresh Moms group. You know, I, I, I traditionally over the past year, I've used that group to do a lot of teaching and training and some, you know, a little coaching. And I've, I've pivoted in what my desire is for that group. And I want it to be a space where moms can create community. That's really all I want from that group. And so me and Brandon... Um, once I get off this little hiatus, I'm little, I'm technically on a sabbatical right now. You guys don't know it because I'm back in the flow. By the time you hear this episode, I'm back and I'm live on social media, but right now I'm on a little sabbatical. I'm taking a little vacation break and taking some time away from being really active in the group. But 
me and Brandon are about to brainstorm how we can connect other moms with each other so mm. they can find community. And that's really my heart for that Facebook community. So um, just a little riff on how important networking community support is when you are in some of these mom in the trench moments, especially as an entrepreneur. So um, we're going to wrap up with, with these. We've got a couple more things we're going to wrap up with. So my last question for you, and I think Kelly has one more. What are some of the challenges you see your clients experiencing when they are coming to you for, for help? What are some of the top things that are, that you routinely coach with them about? Yeah, I think one is they're tired. They don't feel like they have any energy to parent anymore. Mm. Uh, and we, and we, that's one of the first things we work on. I think one of the things that drew me to you, Deanna, was your, how you lead with self-care and business, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've learned how to lead with self-care and parenting. What are the things mm. that make us better for a relationship? And it's not always the spa days or the other things, right? We have to be really careful about what we're calling self-care and, and what we're not. Mm. Um, because I used to lead with the techniques that would help solve some of these challenges, like in terms of behaviors. But what I found was, is that while they're super effective, they, they do take more energy than the slap a bandaid on it, you know, slap a, yeah. take your, the privileges away kind of situation. And so parents needed to be cared for before they could make a pivot mm. in their parenting. I find that parents feel like they're the only ones that no one else is possibly feeling the way that they're feeling or experiencing some of the behaviors that they're experiencing. Because again, social media makes us feel like everyone's life is in order and you know, everyone's rooms are clean and all of the things. And so we have to be vulnerable. And, and really this work started for me because I started, I had this blog, I started blogging before blogs were even a thing. I used to update an HTML page uh-huh. for my, yes. for my in-laws, yes. right? Yes. So this has been a long time and, and it literally started because we had a lot of out of town family and cute little kids and people wanted to see pictures. And then we started our first adoption journey. And so that was a thing everyone wanted to know. What was the next thing? What was the update? When were we going to travel? So the best way to put that out in the world was to blog about it, right? So, but then we started talking, I started talking about some of the feelings I was having, some of the things that weren't working, our experiences. And that's when people started coming out of the woodworks, like, oh my gosh, that was me, or that is me. And I didn't think anyone else understood. I didn't think anyone else was living this. And so I think that isolation is the most devastating thing that parents go through, even worse than the like crazy behaviors and stuff, right? Those, those things are, those can be worked on. But when you feel like you're the only one, when it's a, when it feels like it's a you problem, then that's, that's a problem, right? And so we have to work with parents to help them understand why our kids behave this way, why the things that are working for their friends aren't working for their kids and has nothing to do with them. Mm. So we definitely want to drive people to the, the services that you offer, but what tips can you give us right now for moms that are currently parenting difficult behaviors? Yeah, I mentioned this a little earlier. Stay on your kid's team. Look for the solutions that are collaborative, that don't drive a wedge in between you. Mm. Do the things that are making you a better parent 
a lot of times it feels like those behaviors are the top priority. We need to fix them. And fear drives a lot of that. If we don't fix, if my kid's hitting in preschool and I don't fix it, they're going to be in jail by the time they're 16. Like there's a slippery slope thing that happens real, real fast in our heads. So pause and stop. You know, you need to outlast your parenting journey. Your marriage needs to outlast your parenting journey. All those behaviors will still be there to deal with after you've taken this time, that time for yourself. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of times our kids can feel like black holes of need, even Mm -hmm. if they don't have special needs, right? And so if we think like, well, once our kids are settled, then I'll get my time. That could be years later, right? Yes. So we need to do the things that have a higher return on investment. Those investments we're making in our kids absolutely matter, but they're seeds that we're planting and we don't see the return on that sometimes for years or until adulthood. And so we need to prioritize ourselves because we don't have until their adulthood to shelve ourselves in our marriage. We do Uh, not. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I would think that's the most important thing is you as a mom, you as a parent are literally the most important thing. And the trickle down effect to our kids is unmeasurable, but, and I know it seems counterintuitive that if you just care for yourself better, your parenting will get better. But I mean, think about the way we respond to our kids. A lot of times their behaviors aren't really changing, but our tank is emptier. And so we get snappier we're quicker. Yes. We have less patience. So the trickle down effects into how we parent, if we just fill up our buckets first is exponential. Yeah. We kind of touched on this even when we were, uh, Kelly, when we were talking about how important rituals and routines are when we're considering habits for self-care. And um, one of the things that I said that having a morning routine does for me is makes me a more positive person. And you were like, well, how, how is that? How does that help you? And just me taking the time to hold space for processing difficult things or anything emotional that I may need to have some attention, put some attention towards, or if something bothered me about a, a conversation Eddie and I had, and I just need time to kind of ground on how I was really, really feeling. By the time I went through that in my, like, in, in the ways I do that is around journaling and praying and just kind of, you know, just trying to understand where the feeling was coming from and how do I want to show up? How do I want to respond? And getting myself together, when I step outside of my room or step back into the house, a lot of time I'm doing this on the patio, I'm a more better person for the people that are on the other side of that door. And, but it took me getting good in order for me to, to be good. And what's on the other side of the door could be a fight between my two kids. It could be my husband in a pissy mood. You just really don't know. But it helps me be better because now I'm able to extend grace. I'm able to respond with more clarity, but it's all because I gave myself 15 minutes, you know, just to be good for me or give myself what I needed. And it may sound like I'm doing this just so I can get what I needed. And it's okay. If that's your only, if that's your only reason is selfish, it's completely fine because there's still a payoff and return on investment. Once you step back into relationship with your children and your husband. So well, and I, we that can, completely resonates with me. We can only control ourselves. We yes. live in a society where we've told parents that they can control their kids. 
And honestly, friends, it's just not true. It's not true. Their own people, they make their own decisions. We can influence them and we can lead them, mm-hmm. but we can't control them. We can no, you can't. control ourselves. So if we start with ourselves, then the trickle down effect is so much more powerful than if we try to control something that we actually have no control over. And I well, learned that like a hundred percent once I, once I sent my son to school, which he went to eighth grade this past year. And I learned very quickly how much control I did not have. <laughs> and it was, a, it was a gift for me as a parent because it allowed me to release. It allowed me to understand whose he really was. And it wasn't mine. He belonged to the father and creator of all humans. God has him. And me understanding his journey, although I'm a part of it, I am not in control of it. And I've got to trust that God is walking with him and guiding this kid and has this kid's back and loves this kid more than I could ever in order for me to let him go. And that has been a parenting gift. I'm telling you, that doesn't mean my son made all good decisions. That's that's absolutely not what it means. It just made me be better in the face of him in his trial and error through his eighth grade year. So. All right. Kelly, were you going to say something? (laughs) I just kind of cut you off. (laughs) No, I I think you both are saying it. And I come back to this a lot in many of the topics that we cover. It's just knowing ourselves is such a big part of this. Maybe for me, it's going to be going back to the strengths finder, you know, and, and looking at real ways that we can know ourselves and know our kids. I, I love what you're saying, Melissa, about be and stay on your kid's team. And I also, for this short period of time when, no, we don't have control over our kids, but we do have some control over the environment that they're growing up in, be, own it, be their advocate, be the one who knows them the best, be the one that always has their best interests at heart, because that's our job. It's not the school's job. It's not the world's job. And frankly, it's not even always their job to a point. We can see a bigger picture than our kids can see. And just knowing, oh my gosh, if I, if I send her to this event, or if I send my, put my kid on this team or whatever it is, or I have this expectation for this class this quarter, I'm setting them up for a bad situation or an unpleasant outcome. We, we can be responsible for that. And we, we can control some of those circumstances for them. I, you know, I'm learning that right now. I've literally sat here and made notes about our witching hour every day, which is right after school. And just yesterday, my 11-year-old melted down and so did I. I mean, <laughs> I was ready to put her on the porch like a cat. <laughs> I have to do something to fix that environment because she's not going to change and neither am I. I am crashing. Like you said, Melissa, three o'clock every day, I'm crashing. And I get a second win, but it's not, it's not then. It's not for a couple hours. <laughs> And three o'clock is when she needs every ounce of energy I have. So I have to figure something out to change our environment so that we can be, as Deanna says, we can be great together. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And part of it, and Melissa can speak to this too. um, And then we're going to close. And then we're going to close. But um, (laughs) part of it is just starting that dialogue with KK on what that hour is for both of you. 
mm-hmm. and just getting her on board. Listen, neither one of us are our best right now. <laughs> so we've got to extend each other grace, honey. This is what I need. And I know this is what you need. And we are going to be great together between three and four 30. We are going to join <laughs> together. And, but this is what cannot happen. This is what I need from you. And you tell me what you need from me. And we're going to come together and we're going to be great. And just starting those conversations um, with her. So she's a part of the solution. I've had to do this homeschooling with my, with the kids in this year, it was just me and Kendall and just her understanding what my needs were and she telling me what hers were. And we, we we're both able to give space for what each other needs in order for that time to not be hell. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. but just bringing her on as part of the solution instead of me dictating the solution has really helped. I will say that. And I don't know if Melissa amen. wants to weigh in. Okay. Amen. I got Melissa. <laughs> <I'm> Melissa, <laughs> can you please tell us or tell um the dear mom listening here that has listened to you and says boy i need a corkum in my life right now tell them how they can connect with you and where's the the best starting place to starting to chip away at some of um the struggles that they're having with their um challenging behaviors in the home yeah absolutely so Go to my website, which is thecorkboardonline.com, and there you can download a free behavior handbook, and this will tell you why your kids are doing what they're doing that is driving you insane. Mm. It's a free download. And you can also connect with me on Facebook there and Instagram and like the Facebook group. All the stuff is there, and it's pretty easy to find right there on the homepage. So that would be the best thing. And You know what? I also, because I feel really strongly about moms being connected with someone, you can just grab 30 minutes with me and there's a place to do that on the website as well. Jeez. That's a gift because I'm going to grab my 30 minutes. I promise you I'm going to fill that out. It's totally free and no obligation because sometimes we just need to have someone write our ship and, Mm -hmm. and that's all some people need. And sometimes they need a little bit more and then we can talk about that. But really my heart is for moms and this is what I wish I had had when we were drowning. Yeah. Mm. I completely get it. Yeah. So going over to corkboard, the corkboard online.com with me. Cause I'm a, I'm going to get my 30 minute session with my friend. I know she would just do it if I reached out to her, but I'm filling out the dang form. I'm just letting y'all know. Well, let me tell you, you will not find the time on the schedule unless you get on there and look at the schedule and do it because. (laughs) Amen. So for anybody that has any desire to work with the coach, you got to go through the doors. I'm telling you, those doors are there for a reason. If you want them to manage that time well with you, you need to go through the doors they're telling you to go through. If that means getting on their schedule, filling out a form, it is there for a reason. So just obey, just do it. It'll you save you to. time too, because yes, Dan, if you can get on and see where my availability is and just grab the time that works for both of us, then we just saved ourselves like 1700 emails. Emails and or Instagram back and forth. Girl, you ain't never lied. Right, I'm going to issue a challenge, Deanna. I'm going to issue a challenge because we've got Go like a it. month before this episode airs. We're going to come back, listener, and we are going to share in a, in a respectful way. We'll each schedule our sessions with Melissa and come back and share the positive changes okay, that we okay. see. I think that would be amazing. It might take a little bit of time, you know, but I, I would love to do that so they can see 
how it matters, why it matters to go through the door and, and how we, we are really being helped and served in this way. Because moms, no one has the bed made all the time. No mm -hmm. one has the happy kids all the time. We all struggle some. Mm -hmm. So I would love to get real and share those results with our listeners. I'm, I'm yeah. so inspired right now. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. I'm going to do it. And maybe we can bring um, Melissa back on for a short 15 minute, like the opening banter and just kind of go, go back and forth with her over our results. I think that'd be great if Melissa's up to it. Yeah. Banter's my favorite. All Look right. at her. She's up to it. <laughs> Thank you guys for um, you. tuning in. This was a wonderful episode. I always leave with a, a page full of notes for myself. I learn just as much as our listeners learn. So this is great. Thank you, Melissa, for taking a time out um, of your busy, busy life to share with us and our audience. And I hope everyone stays refreshed. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Refreshed Life podcast. If you heard anything that encouraged, inspired, or served you in any way, please take a moment to leave a review and a rating in order to help us share our message with other women just like you. You can find Kelly and me on our socials at Kelly of a Story and Refreshed Moms. If you're looking for simple tips to make working from home with your kids easier to manage, go grab my top 10 productivity hacks for moms at refreshmoms.com forward slash top 10 hacks. Let's connect again soon, all right? Bye for now.